step into a world of magic and limitless possibilities with me, your host, Katie Soul. I'm not just your average podcaster. I'm a former Fortune 100 exec who dared to escape the rat race and embark on my own mystical journey. Together, we'll discover that a mystical life is not something you stumble upon. It's a life you consciously create. Join me as we explore inspiring stories of extraordinary souls who fearlessly pursued their dreams and unlocked their inner radiance. Welcome to my world where magic awaits and your light shines bright. Hello and welcome to the Mystical Living Podcast. I am so excited to have Juliana here with us today. Not only is Juliana a practicing priestess, she also has traversed the worlds of shamanism and Reiki, and she's a wonderful, wonderful soul. I am delighted to have her in my life and on the podcast today. We had the opportunity to sync up last year in Glastonbury, England, also known as the Isle of Avalon. And I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to talk a little bit more about that today. But first, welcome, welcome, Juliana. Tell us, who are you really? (laughs) Who am I really? Thank you, Katie. It is such an honor to be here with you and your radiance and your sunshiny self. So, um, yeah, who am I really? So, you know, we have these soul level selves and we have these very human selves. So on a soul level, I have this poem that I wrote that every time I read it, I'm like, this is me. This is, I'm a mystic at heart. You are a mystic. I'm a mystic at heart, but I'm a very practical person as well. You are, you are. Mm. Yeah, it's got to land in the body, in the here and now. Otherwise, to me, what's what's the point in a way? You know, exactly. You are beautiful at bridging the three D yeah. and the five D, and it's so important that we bridge those two things together because, or beyond the five D, even. Yeah. Yeah. So otherwise, it doesn't me- land here in the physical, in the matter, in the body. No, it doesn't. And, you know, even in this poem that I have, it's like, it's really far out there, you know? And I love that part of myself. It's where I source, right? And then to come back here and to be a companion in the silence with people, to be a companion in the realms of the unknown, in the, you know, in the moments of transformation, ripening, um, I'm a soul guide, you know, to people towards their own wisdom. Mm. That's really what I thrive on is we all have this access point and guiding people into that for themselves and reminding them that they have access to that is really, I I love that. (gasps) Juliana, do you have your poem with you today? I do. (gasps) Yeah. Could you read it to us? I will. Thank you. Oh, I would love to hear it. It's my mystical self speaking here. (laughs) Mm, I've read it and it's so beautiful, but I've never heard you speak Mm. it. And I know that will add a different frequency to it too. Yeah. I am. I am not. Over and over again. Condensed radiance. Form formless, a brilliant star in a sea of brilliant stars bathing in spaciousness, form, formless, love ecstatic, I dance, love eternal. Oh, wow. I really felt that. So Juliana, we start each podcast with a practice of dropping from our mind into our heart. And I already feel like that poem is starting to drop me really quickly into my heart space. And I would love to ask if you'd be willing to lead us in a practice to further deepen into our hearts today. Yes. Thank you. I would love to. So again, being that I am very practical. 
the tool that we always have with us is our breath, always. Mm. And so um, there's a number of ways to utilize the breath for many, many different things, for energizing, for relaxing, for, for heart energizing. So the one that I love that I find that is very simple that I can do standing in the grocery store line, stand, sitting in the car, um, even in the shower sometimes or before I get out of bed even, is it's called a box breath. And it's four counts inhale, a four count suspension of the breath. Gentle suspension. It's not a grasping. It's a gentle suspension. And then an exhale for four count and another suspension of breath for four counts. And it's very soothing to the nervous system. It also really moves the energy through the body. And I like to add mantras because our mind frequently is doing mantras of one sort or another, right? Yeah, not always the ones we want, but yes, it is. (laughs) So I I love um, mantra and seed sounds. Mm. So the mantra that can go along with this is sa, ta, na, ma. Sa, ta, na, ma. Yeah, so you're saying that internally. Mm-hmm. The four count inhale, the four count suspension, the four count exhale, the four count suspension. And that's calling in the truth of who you are. Mm. That Beautiful. mantra is calling that forward. So we can begin. All right. And our and truth just, resides in our heart, which yeah. is where we're going today. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So just feeling yourselves firmly seated or held in the place where you are and letting that that whatever's holding you to come up and wrap you around you even if it's the air and you're standing you can do this breath so inhaling for a count of 4 sa ta na ma suspend sa ta na ma exhale ta na Ma, suspend, ta, na, ma. Inhale, suspend, exhale, suspend. Exhale, suspend, and last one, inhale, ta, na, ma, suspend, ta, na, ma, exhale, ta, na, ma, suspend, ta, na, ma. And just returning to normal breath. You can put your hands gently on your heart and your belly and just feel your body. Maybe give yourself a little embrace. Just honoring this form that holds your spirit. Ooh. So beautiful. And what's amazing and why we start each podcast this way is it doesn't take long to shift your energetic state. And the more and more that we can do that over the course of the day, then we start to live our lives in a really different way. And when you live from your heart, you live from a place of love. And Juliana, I'd love to hear from you as how do you walk as love in Mm. this world? That's a really great question. One of the things when you asked who am I, it's like, I'm a wandering woman and I'm a wandering woman. (laughs) 
<laughs> you are. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I really wonder how, what does it mean? And how yeah. do you walk as love every day in the midst of mm-hmm. things that, you know, are confronting and challenging? And I, right now, live in downtown Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of homelessness around me. There's a lot of mental illness around me. And one of the tenets that I live by that I learned through the 13 Moon Mystery School is that we are all one. And of course, I can get really frustrated and annoyed by the mentally ill screaming and yelling and cursing as they're going down the street. And I'd been hearing them a lot and I was walking my dog towards campus and another person, you know, same thing, the yelling and the screaming. And I felt my irritation come up and I just was Mm. like, you know, what can I do differently? Mm. And there is a a forgiveness prayer called Ho'oponopono. And I was given a modification to that at one time. And that, because I prayed to the angels, I just was like, help, what do I do here? You know? And this came to me. And so I just started recognizing that this woman, this mentally challenged, homeless woman was somehow a part of me. I was connected to her. She was connected to me. I don't know her story directly. She doesn't know mine. But I just started chanting that, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Please help to set me free. I love you. Thank you. And I just let that be my mantra. And I have a song, I have a tune that I sing it to, and it becomes, you know, very soothing. And I really felt the part of me that is mentally unstable and homeless and afraid of homelessness and the part of me that was her and just allowed myself to be in that radiance of love, but not separate from her, really. Um, So that's one example. It's so beautiful. And I love the modification. Please help to set me free. Right? Yeah. I'm going to have to incorporate that into my practice. It helps so much. And almost every time it's applicable when, you know, our, when my heart hardens around a Mm -hmm. hurt, right? It's like, or somebody's said or done something that has hurt me and it lives with me and stays with me for a while. It's like, in order to release my, I need to release myself, you know, and it's in the release, please help to set me free. I don't know what that's going to be. That's a plead, a pleading prayer to the, to the, you know, divine to say, I don't know how to do this, but please help me. I need help Mm -hmm. with it. And I I want to soften and open my heart. Um, Yes. And a beautiful way to come into your heart, another practice in quieting the mind when you drop into Ho'oponopono. Yeah. Did I get it there? Yes, you did get it. Ho'oponopono. So that, you know, there's certain words that always get me. That's one of them. It's so beautiful. And I always want to add like an extra pono in there. Uh, so Juliana, tell us about your journey, you know, that brought you to this point today where you have this really deep connection with the divine and beautiful circles of women and men probably too that you get to interface with in this 3D world. But what was it like getting to this point? Yeah, I I grew up Roman Catholic and sitting in the church, sort of just listening and watching. I was like, this this is not it. And after I graduated um, college, I was trying to stay in my lineage and I was looking for more heart-centered devotional truth. I was looking for truth because I was not hearing it in what I grew up in. And I went more towards the contemplative side of things. And I, I didn't really find it there either. Mm. Um, 
it, there was an a- absence of the feminine for me and kind of a stuckness to yes ritual but ritual needs to move and it wasn't I didn't feel movement there mm. so I kept looking and one day I was reading a book with a character called a death midwife Ooh. I had no idea what that was none but I had a full body response, which at the time was really not my norm. So it was like when I felt it, I I thought, wow, I need to understand more about what this is. And I was happened to be working with an astrologer at the time. And she read, she was looking at my chart and I mentioned this not knowing what it was. And she said, oh, yes, yes, this is so aligned with your, you know, chart. And so she actually guided me into the realms of shamanic teachings because she said inside of there, you will find what's called the psychopomp work. And psychopomp simply means the guiding of souls. And it's the deeper teachings inside shamanism that have you working with unseen energy fields and helping, you can help humans in their transitions from life to death or birth certainly birth itself is a kind of you know deathing and yes. birthing life yes. and many women in death touch the death portals many women in birth touch the death portals it can be very frightening for them because yeah. they've not been introduced to that um but also i really learned to work with spirits that have been in shamanic terms they call stuck outside of space and time mm where they haven't made it across the thresholds to their destination. Mm-hmm. So, and I have chickens in the background that you might be hearing right now. It's perfect. <laughs> I love the chickens. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. I just went deep into the studies and my, some of my favorite work was working with spirits of the land, um, spirits of houses. Like um, mm-hmm. I, in the, my studies, I worked we had an organization inside of our school where we went to people's homes or hospitals or places of law. Um, and we did space clearings and we connected with the spirits that were maybe running interference. And a lot of times people are really afraid of spirits or ghosts or this, that, or the other. But the truth is if there's interference happening, most of the time they just want help moving across the threshold. They're not generally ill-intended. That's how I got into the shamanic work. Okay. And then take us through for somebody who perhaps this might be like really out there and they're, they're thinking about this spirit hanging out um, and the work you do and they're having trouble piecing it all together. Walk them through what might that look like um, in more, a more lay woman's terms. Yeah. So I've had people reach out to me who they'll have, they themselves or family members will say, oh, I saw so-and-so and and it'll be someone who's died, maybe tragically. Mm -hmm. And they'll see them in visions or they'll have Mm -hmm. troubling dreams. I had one client come to me. um, He had for years been having dreams. He'd been close to his grandmother who had passed away. And he kept having these dreams of her yelling for help in these dreams. And it was very painful for him obviously. Um, And so then I work with, you know, the information that people share with me. And then I go into a meditative space with my helping spirits that I've cultivated a relationship with. And I connect with the spirits who have passed away, the loved ones who have gone. And I help them. There's often a reconciliation that needs to happen or they have a message that they want to be heard that Mm -hmm. will bring them peace so that then they can move on. Mm. So in ordinary reality life, it might show up as, you know, some kind of discomfort or continually seeing them in the 3D as a ghost or like a apparition or um, that, which is different than sort of, you know, feeling the love you have in your heart for them and missing them and then hearing a song or seeing a symbol that's something that resonates between you, between the two of you. That's different. 
than the discomfort or the constantly seeing or yelling for help. Yeah. And I think most of the time, um, we all experience our loved ones in loving symbols and beautiful ways. And now if you do experience something that doesn't fit that, you know where to turn. You turn to Juliana, your trusted (laughs) shaman, and you call her up and you say, Juliana, and we'll put in the show notes where to find Juliana. And you say, Juliana, I am in this, this smaller percentage of times because really when our loved ones cross over, they're full of love. And that's what we generally feel. And at times there's this in-between state where they need a little help crossing over. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, So beautiful. It's such deep work and it's, it's not for everyone. It's Um, really, it's not. And, you know, meeting the death portals, whether you're escorting somebody or meeting them yourself, um, in many different ways, uh, meeting the portals of completions, we meet them you know, even while we're alive, we meet them. Relationships oh, and jobs. Um, jobs and those are death portals. Our our yeah. beloved pets who, yeah. you know, are our family members. They're a beautiful teaching to us about death and the physiological response to death. Um because grief is in the body. Grief happens through the body. We're anim- fundamentally, we're animals. And so we have a very visceral sense. And so often grief gets compacted. And that's why a lot of people have very difficult times with endings and death because they've not grieved the little deaths that happen mm-hmm. every day. You know? Yeah. It, it really, it's a lost beloved necklace or an ear, you know. Some, these death things are happening every day and of one sort or another, and they can compound. And so yeah. when we have a big death, like a, a, you know, a parent or an animal, um, a child, some beloved, it can really magnify the experience of death to the point that people really get shut down even more. Um, but death is also that opportunity to go into the sediment that has compounded over the decades and years of yeah. not really, as a culture, knowing how to work with death. Totally. Yeah. And I would say I experienced that a lot when I was um, ending my corporate career and the little deaths that came with that, even after the actual ending, but the fragments that lingered, you know, seeing somebody's number in your phone that you used to talk to every day. And now, you know, you might talk to here and there or bumping into somebody or having a memory or a flashback kind of emerge of that time in your life. Those happen less frequently now that I've been out of that for a year. But in the beginning, there was a lot of processing to do on the conscious and subconscious level of what that journey really meant. Yeah. And what advice would you give to somebody who's going through Mm. one of these death portals? And it can be even selling a home and moving to a new place. It could be the end of a relationship, the end of a job, the actual death of a loved one or a pet. Yeah. What a beautiful question. And there's a lot of different directions to go with that. But I would really, the most important thing is to, there's two things coming to me. Number one is give yourself a lot of spaciousness. Mm. Be very gentle and caring and spacious with all of the emotions that are coming up. Yeah. Because that those are all indications of what you have loved. Yeah. They really are. And honoring the ache, that really is a symbol of the love. Mm. And it's, it is changing shape and form. 
Yeah. And to let that exist. When someone has died that you've been very close to, many of us go into blame. Mm-hmm. Look, blame self-blame, looking to blame somebody else, somebody else's fault. It's a very normal human reaction. And that too, I would allow, especially when you're blaming yourself, but also getting reactive with other people, really understanding that it's it's a protector, blaming somebody. This is from internal family mm-hmm. systems, right? Yeah. Blaming is a part of us. Blaming someone or something, an institution or anything, is a way to cope. It's a coping mechanism with extraordinary pain. And so just holding that as well and letting the impulse to blame yourself. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I should have done. You didn't do anything wrong. You know, generally nobody did anything wrong, even as it may seem like it or feel like it. Totally. Um, So those are the two things that come to mind. Mm. And really, I want to, the other thing I want to add, excuse me, is we really think that grief, you know, what do we get from work? You know, if we're in a regular nine to five job, we get a week or maybe two if we're lucky. Mm -hmm. And grief can take years. Again, if we've allowed it to compost and if we've had a life, I have a dear sister who had enormous losses when she was young and as a young Mm -hmm. adult. And she's in her 50s now. Mm. And finally, she has enough of a foundation and her life is steady enough. She is in a total grief process. Mm. And it was confounding to her because she's like, it happened when I was a kid or when I was a teenager. And I said, yes, sweetie. And you didn't have the resources, the spaciousness, anything to grieve it. And so she's really allowed herself to be in the grief for all of her losses. So to really Mm -hmm. know that there is no timeline for this. Um, Let it be. The the more you can ride the rhythms and let it have its way with you. And many people need help in this process again because of what has been stagnated for so long. Mm. Um, But the more you can ride with it and let it flow and take you. Yeah. It's still a bumpy ride. Totally. But you bring up such a great point because society pushes us and patriarchal systems push us into grieving in a week. They're like, oh, okay, here's your, you know, you can have a week off to do that thing and process that. Well, it doesn't work like that. And the two things that really come up for me in spaciousness and resourcing. So you need both of those things to process the grief. And if you don't have them, one, do what you can to find them, find the space and find the resource to help you. Nobody is meant to process grief in a silo, alone, in a dark room. You're meant to process that with other human beings. And what's so beautiful is that through a grief process, new people can come into your life. New people can come into your field like a Juliana or somebody local to you that might be able to really hold space with you because there are these beautiful death doulas that uh, anointing priestesses that exist in the world. Sometimes it can be in the form of a therapist and really tapping into what calls you. Maybe it's through hypnosis. There's so many different modalities that we can use today to process, but really trying to create the space, because if you can't create it now, you're going to have to create it at some point. Otherwise, it then shows up in the physical, is my experience. 
Exactly. The energy is there and it's going to come out in some way. Um, phobias, depression, anxiety, eating stuff, all kinds of different, you know, addictions and distractions. And, and not to say that some of those aren't actually helpful at times. Yeah. Um, but to not, as I've heard, heard, don't buy real estate there. Mm, I like that. Yes. We will yeah. not be buying real estate in yeah. icky stuff. Yeah. Which and even, if you're in, even if you're in the icky stuff too, you know, the same tools apply spaciousness and resourcing, you know, you, it's very, well, this work does require a lot of self-responsibility. It also is best done in partnership in my experience is nobody can do it for you and but you can certainly raise your hand and look for help yes. in the process. Yeah. Tell us about sure. some times that you've really looked to another to mm. help you on your journey. Maybe a pivotal mm. person that came into your field. Yeah. So after my the end of my first marriage, I was sitting in meditation, kind of looking at, you know, the causes and the rupture. And I was shown an image of a queen sitting in her chair in her throne with a hole in the breach of the castle behind her. Oh, wow. So it was very obvious there was a gap there in my own psyche. Yeah. And on, so I asked, I said, what are the options for her? And mm. this communication that I was hearing was, well, she could leave and she could leave the castle. And I had done that before, you mm. know, I kind of up and left certain, you know, total transformations. And I was like, okay, I've done that. What else is there? And the message that came through, which I did not understand at the time at all, was she must embark on a journey towards the sacred feminine. Woo! And mind you, at this juncture in my life, I grew up, my dad had five brothers. I had five brothers. I was an aircraft mechanic and a handywoman. So... This whole thing of like embarking on a journey towards the sacred feminine, I was like, I don't know what that means, but I will be a dutiful scribe and write that down. <laughs> so I did. And then literally that day, mm -hmm. I had an invitation in my email box, initiations into 13 faces of the sacred feminine. So I was like, well, I guess this is what she means. <laughs> So I reached out and I then began, that was my journey into the mm. 13 mystery school that then took me into the anointing priestessing, Rosa Mystica, um, through the priestess presence, where I am um, a mentor there. So, and, and Diana Dubrow, the Emerald Temple is the one that we do the sacred anointing with, which where we connected in Avalon, which this is really you know, the archetypes of the sacred feminine just helped inform and and fortify the experience through the oils. Yeah. And there is just nothing like entering into the mystery through the feminine, whether it's the archetypes that, um, you know, it was like I was a different person every month because we had an initiation every month and I just got to be this different expression. And it really made me realize our capacities as humans. We have so many versions inside of us. <laughs> so many. And we get to choose every moment of every yes. day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was so wonderful and challenging and transformative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you have those tools available to you, then those moments where the less optimistic mantra sinks in of, 
I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I um, don't have enough money. I can't do it. I'm not resourced. I can't lose the weight, whatever it might be in your life. Then you have these tools to call on, whether it's working with an archetype, whether it's working with a particular oil, and then you really get to call in the frequency of that. Right now, Juliana and I are working with the prosperity oil, and it's such a beautiful frequency of abundance and growth, and it's so luscious and has these different energies to it. And when you're anointing yourself with this oil, it shifts your energetic state. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about how does that work? How does the oil shift you so magically as it does? That is really a great question because so much of that exists in the mystery. Yeah. And one of, you know, they are medicine. You know, we're working with the liquid ethereal frequencies of each plant, of numerous plants that are in these blends that Diana Dubrow creates. And we're working with frequencies of the color frequencies, the the elemental frequencies that she's calling forth when she creates them. And it's it's an allowing. So when I have people on the anointing table, the best way to to really work with the oils is to commit to three anointings because it is a catalyzing transformative process because the initial anointing really is a deep shedding of the density of our humanity that we all have. And then the second and third just kind of help evolve the process and just keep shedding. These oils work with you you know, we ask that you don't take a bath or shower if you can keep them on for at least 12 to 24 hours. And then they're really in your system and they continue to work with you for six weeks and physically in the body. Energetically, I think that they continue to work even longer. Um, I worked with one woman in this three week. She had had chronic pain for much of her life and after our third anointing. That ha- that was gone. And do I know what happened? I have no idea, except a, a blessing, a, a true blessing from the oils and a spirit who was ready to release what you know, a human soul person who was ready to release, you know, whatever it was that was holding that pain in place, physical pain. So, uh, you know. It's a mystery how it works. And that's what I have been wowed with over and over and over again with the initiations into the sacred feminine and with the oils. You just cannot know. And that's why it is an initiation. Initiation is a stepping across the threshold into the unknown. You don't know what's on the other side of birthing that child. You don't know what's on the other side of of leaving that job. You don't know what's on the other side of ending that relationship. You don't. But it's a step into the unknown. And that's what plant medicine does of all kinds, whether it's the psychedelic plant medicines or the liquid ethereals and the oils. And you don't need these blends. You can, you know, there's you know, very fine oils, you know, that you can get at the, a nice grocery store, you know, um, get ones that really resonate with your being and be totally. With yeah. And if you don't have access to go visit Juliana or somebody local to you for a full body anointing experience, that is a beautiful path is, you know, go in to your local, you know, spiritual shop or whatever calls you Whole Foods and really look to feel into what what oil is calling you to work with. And you have this opportunity to just practice and play and it's the greatest act of self-love i really believe 
by just taking this sacred time with yourself to, you know, I'm just naturally rubbing my hands as we're talking, but you, you really get to deepen into a greater intimacy with yourself when you're experiencing this practice. Um, and I'd love, Juliana, if you could share a little bit, you carry a particular oil with you, dragon's blood, and what that oil has activated in your life and what your experience with it has been. Wow. Well, there's so much to this being of dragon's blood. It's a deep red, rich resin. Mm -hmm. And it is used on the physical level to staunch bleeding. Um, it's, it had, has historically been used in staunching the bleeding after birth. Um, I, so I have used it internally. Some, it calls me to like anoint my tongue. So and interesting. I, I know it's so interesting. Like, ha ah, it's this exquisite tree that has a massive canopy and a root system. So it really is a powerful connector to the upper and the lower as almost all oils are but some have a more higher frequency that really ascend you this one really is very earthy and it's like drawing up the source of power and energy to come down and serve humanity through the staunching of blood through i've put it on aching joints before um uh, and on a deeper level, it's a DNA awakener. It, it, it enlivens the codes, the newer codes of our humanity that are here for us to source, um, which again, very esoteric, not something that is necessarily really very tangible, um, but something that I surrender to the mystery of and, and can, can allow to just open to that possibility of, okay, we're mm. activating new codes. We're not going to be in the future who we are now. So let's just wake that up and let it live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you find yourself stepping into right now in this season? Mm. Yeah. So I really, I, you know, one of the elements that I carry is I am what I call a shadow dancer. And what that means is you know, I've worked in my life a lot with the denser emotions of depression and anxiety. And um, I assist people walking in those realms because there's wisdom that's attempting to be heard through that. And I'm at this point now in my life where I just, I feel things blossoming in my heart and my being. I see colors I haven't seen. I feel a vitality that's really incredible. Um, and I'm, I'm loving the cards of on readings called AN, which really take, you know, they're kind of a quick access point into some clarity and some peace. And I just, I love them. I love doing them with clients because, you know, they're, like I said, they're just a quick access point for what you're looking for right now. So I'm loving doing that. Beautiful. And every deck is so magical. But this deck in particular, I was visiting with a couple of friends the other day. And one of them, our mutual friend, Sarah Jenks, she said, Katie, you've never done a reading with Juliana with the cards of on? And I said, no, I don't, know. I don't know anything about this. And she said, well, you ASAP, you need to do this. <laughs> and so we did it. And oh my gosh, it's an experience everybody needs to have. And Sarah actually told me that her reading with you changed her life. And now that I've had the experience, I understand that. I mean, it really... They're so dropped in, so clear, so on point. And 
Some of it's the cards and the messaging, and some of it's the space you're holding and the frequency and the channel that you bring to the session. And it was such a beautiful experience. So I highly, highly recommend, and we'll put in the show notes all the ways to get in contact with Juliana for a reading because you must, must do it. They're amazing. They just, they really pull the truth of your becoming forward, front Mm -hmm. and center. And that's what I love about them. They're mm. they're very yeah. practical. <laughs> very practical. Yes. And very esoteric. Blending the two again. Yes. Um, but yes, the, they definitely pulled the truth of what I'm stepping into forward for me in a way that I knew and have been feeling for some time. But the confirmation through the cards was really profound for me and really, really, really spot on and connected. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have had that experience with you. And I can't wait. So if you do a reading with Juliana, you have to come back. Let me know how it went. And also, I love to ask this question to all my guests. And that's, what lights you up? What lights you up in life? What's lighting me up in life right now is connecting with people. So being here with you, being able to just reach a broader audience and more people. I was at the fabric store yesterday and I overheard this young, these young students having a fascinating conversation. And normally I would not say anything or do anything, but I, I'm in this new place where I'm just like, I want to connect with them. And, and and I said, wow, it sounds like you have an interesting project. Well, it turns out she's their design fashion students at Berkeley who have to create a, 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 a clothing of item of clothing. And the theme? Devotion. Of course. Oh my I gosh. Said, you are kidding. I said, that is why I'm here. You know? Oh. It, I was just like, oh. that's I and I the synchronicities Mm. and the magic of those moments. Like I, you know, and I have been sitting with this inquiry of what is devotion. And then she said, that was the theme. I was like, what are the chances that a fashion show creation, the theme is devotion. I was just like, I'm coming to your fashion show. Give me your number. And then she wanted to see my altars. So I sent her photos of altar. I mean, that's what I'm loving right now. I know. Just loving it. Oh. Or even and I think- like I shared when I started with the woman, you know, walking down the street and the, the hard bits of life. Yeah. And loving having a prayer mm. that I can send out and ask for help. You know, um, what do I do? How do I be with this? And and that's I'm just loving that connection that's happening. Yeah. And I think what's so magical too about you, Juliana, is that you've experienced some real dark depths through depression, anxiety, and that gives you this power to help those that are on that trajectory right now and to see this lightness in you and to know that you've held the dark and the light as we all do in different capacities but you've really held these the dark and the light and out of the gutter (laughs) you've done it you've done it but you needed that experience in order to be able to pull others out of the gutter and be that hand that reaches down to say like, Hey, I've been there. I know what it's like. And, and there is a path out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm here. And I think that's the other thing that I, I really love Katie is just really being there for people in a very Mm -hmm. intimate way, personal and deep. I tend to be someone who goes really intimate and deep. You know, there's other people who are very broad and wide and have huge audiences. And I tend to be someone, you know, who's very deep and really in there with people in different phases of their lives. And I, I love that. Mm. And I love that about you. (laughs) So before we close out, tell us all the ways people can find you and get in touch. 
Yeah. The best way really is through my website and emailing. That's the best way. Um, Perfect. Do you want to share your website? We'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. It's my name, julianamutu.com. Perfect. Yes. And as we close out, what parting wisdom is on your heart for the mystical living audience that you're just feeling has to come through before we say goodbye today? You, even if you don't feel like it, are okay. No matter the feelings, the depth of despairs, the highs of you know, doubts and uncertainties. Look around. And, and, and I love this term collateral beauty. It, and it was such a great film too. But in these depths of transformation that everyone is walking through in one shape or form, I really invite the invitation to look around for the collateral beauty inside of the damage and the destruction that's unfolding. Reach your hand out, open your eyes, look around, see who's there with you, call people to you if you need to, because you're not alone. Nobody is alone. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you the perfect way for us to part today. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to connect with you and for your work and wisdom to be shared through this podcast and to reach a wider audience too. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for the blessing of your vitality and rays of light that you are in the world and providing this platform for these voices, for our voices to be heard. Thank you. Of course. All right. (laughs) Love you. Bye. I'm grateful for your presence on this remarkable and captivating journey today. Together, we've delved into the realms of limitless possibilities and unlocked the secrets of our true selves. A mystical life is not a mere coincidence. It's a thrilling adventure that you actively shape with intention and passion. Remember, when you follow your light, you not only illuminate your own path, but you also radiate light to the world around you. The world eagerly awaits the magic you have to offer. Follow your light and let it guide you to incredible heights.